you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great tasting all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to symbiotica.com. That's C Y M B I O T I K A dot Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky back with you. Buck, I mean, I feel like I just ran a marathon uh, with trying to keep up on social media, everything that's going on in college football right now. I mean, it's bananas. I've never I've never experienced anything like this. Like, DJ, we've been around the game for a long time. I've never seen anything over the last 72 hours with coaches going and, and coming and all the events around it. Like, it, it makes Saturday seem like yesteryear. Like, I, you can't even remember that Michigan played Ohio State. You know, and and what happened in that game, Bedlam and all that. And I sat there and watched every minute of both of those games. And to see all these coaches just kind of changing um, seats, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I know. Look, this is there's so much to get into. And we've got two great guests to discuss it all with. So I say we get right into that. Um, Our first guest is the best information source in all of college football. He's Bruce Feldman. Uh, from Fox, he's been uh, he's been on top of all of this stuff, including he was at the forefront of what was going down with Lincoln Riley to USC. So Bruce has been kind in his crazy schedule to uh, to give us some some time here. So uh, here's our conversation with Bruce Feldman. We're going to run that right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. 
That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. T-I-K-A dot com. Well, Buck, here he is. Excited. Our good buddy, Bruce Feldman, joining the show. Bruce, uh, yeah, I've heard some people in these press conferences and uh, the, over the last couple of days with the craziness in college football talking about how they've got two, three hours of sleep. How much sleep have you been getting, my friend? Look at my face. I feel like it's been a long day. I'm exhausted. Like I on um, Sunday, the with the Lincoln Riley stuff happened, and it's like I mean, I don't know if you want the the behind the scenes. Yes, I like, want everything. Yeah, so it's yes. nine a.m. our time, our time being Pacific Coast time, and I am on the phone with somebody else, and I get a call from somebody, you know, a source. Mm-hmm. So I take the call, and they're telling me Lincoln Riley is seriously considering leaving to go to 
USC. And I was like, wait a minute. And for like two weeks, I'd been shooting down reports that he was going to be going to LSU and being told, no, that's not going to happen. And then a different source tells me he's going to USC. And I'm thinking, that's, wait, what? And I can't kind of get my head around it. And then this person's very adamant that it's real and this is where it's going or whatever. So I put out a tweet about that I know is going to get a ton of pushback from Oklahoma fans, basically just shredding me for it. Like I'm at my kid's karate class <laughs> look, i'm glancing at um you know the at mentions of oklahoma people oh, just gosh. Me for this. Yeah. and then an hour passes and i get a call from same source it's it's going down he's met with our you know with he's met with this president whatever what's going to happen this all this yeah. stuff so um at that point like everything is flying right and so and then it's like probably a an hour and a half before it really can go out because he's going to tell the team and how do you, you know, like whatever you don't want to, as a reporter, if you talk to somebody, you don't want to exactly betray the confidence of it either. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's, it's a flurry. And then we get to this point where like somebody from Fox, one of our digital people says, Hey, can you give us a quick, like at that point now I'm getting people from like local uh, LA news oh, like, yeah. to do stuff. And at one point, one of our digital people asked me to do a video of like a minute. So I do it and, you know, I send the kids outside in the street or whatever. So just so there's no noise, whatever, I do it. <laughs> it's all safe. No no children were harmed, but that's no okay. Yeah. Harmed in this. The video goes up and I look at it and I'm like, holy cow, I look like I haven't slept in a month. You know, because it was like, I didn't even know if I had, maybe I put my contacts in, maybe I didn't. I don't remember like, I don't even know if I had breakfast that day till like four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> It's just like, it was like everything got away from me. So, <laughs> so I'm going to sleep really good um, in probably February. And <laughs> that, so, you know, Bruce, in, in, in thinking about this, um, the Lincoln Riley thing was a little surprising because like Oklahoma has, has been in the mix, has been very, very relevant. Um, obviously, we're on the West Coast. We understand the brand of USC, but for a lot of those, who aren't on the West Coast and don't remember the Pete Carroll years. Explain why going to USC is a better move for Lincoln Riley, potentially, because people can't get their, they can't wrap their brains around why you would leave Oklahoma, which had been a power 70s and 80s and such, to go back to USC. I think, Bucky, I would start with this. There are plenty of other blue bloods, not plenty, there's a handful of other blue blood programs, Alabama, Ohio State, Texas, Michigan, you know, but there's no other blue blood program that doesn't have real true head to head competition in terms of USC has a terrific recruiting base, right? There's tons of talent around here. Now there's probably not as many linemen as there are in a mm-hmm. few other places, but there's a ton of skill talent. We know there's a ridiculous amount of quarterbacks here. There's just a lot. Also, they have great history. Never mind the quarterbacks who've won Heisman's. It's Marcus, it's Ronnie Lott, mm-hmm. Anthony Munoz, it's your guy, Willie McGill. Oh my God, it's a ridiculous. Troy Palomalu, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you can, we can't even go through it, right? So there's that. There's also this other part of it where they are committed to playing football at the highest level. And what I mean by that is they are going to throw a lot of money at football. Like UCLA has pretty good history, right? I mean, and mm-hmm. it's in the same recruiting base and there's a lot to like. And now their facilities are better um, than they were. But UCLA has a lot of bureaucracy and a lot of stuff to sort through that USC doesn't, right? And so 
all those things, there's no competition real head-to-head. Like, as great as Alabama is, there's Auburn, there's Georgia, there's LSU, there's Texas A&M who have similar. They don't have Nick Saban, which is a differentiator. But Georgia, you know, they have a lot. Ohio State, there's Michigan. Ohio State has Penn State. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma, there's there's a kind of counterbalance, especially with Oklahoma going into that SEC. At USC, look at the landscape, right? It's like Chip's got UCLA going a little bit now. They're eight and four. Mario's recruiting really well up in up in Eugene, but that's still pretty far away. And then the rest of the league, Washington's a, you know is rebuilding. Uh, Cal is down. ASU, who knows what's going on with Herm and the recruiting scandal that's there. Colorado's really down. ASU's a or Arizona's a massive rebuild. Utah's good, you know, but it's not USC. So I think Lincoln Riley knew that, looked at that landscape and goes, man, we can dominate here. And he knows he's recruited really well out here. He has a lot of ties and it's 2023 class. A lot of those guys, and it's past tense now because they've all decommitted. They're probably all going to end up at USC. A bunch of those guys are Southern California guys. And what has Lincoln Riley hung his hat on more than anything as being a terrific offensive coach with quarterbacks? Where's there more quarterbacks than out here? Even the quarterbacks mm-hmm. this year, they all, like some of them committed to USC at one point, and now there's someplace else playing. So to me, on that sense, it made a lot of it makes a lot of sense. The part that I was most surprised by is if Lincoln Riley was going anywhere, I really thought it was going to be to the NFL. I didn't mm-hmm. think it was USC. So here's a little nugget. We Bucky and I were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. And I actually went deeper on on the research this time. So people talk about Oklahoma and going to the SEC and how's that going to go? And maybe he didn't want any part of that. So think about this, Bruce. In 2010, Gerald McCoy was the third overall pick in the draft. Since Gerald McCoy was the third overall pick, do you know how many defensive linemen Oklahoma has had drafted in the first two rounds? One, Jordan Phillips was a second round pick in 2015. They have not had a single. That's the only defensive lineman they've had go in the first two rounds. And you're going to go to the SEC? Good luck. Like an explosive. The big guy from Canada who was like, I mean, he was super explosive uh guy. Gallimore. Yeah, Neville Gallimore. Thank you, Neville Gallimore, right? So, look, I don't know what Perry and Winfrey is going to become. Like, these are good players. They're not – they're certainly not Gerald McCoy, though. Yeah. You know, they've had some guys, but nothing like this look, is Georgia and Alabama and, and Texas A&M and LSU. And like, like that's but, a different, but, a different listen, sport, man. That is, you know, USC, the guy they've had who's like the big difference maker. He's from Daytona Beach, Florida, right? Leonard yeah. Williams. I'm not yeah. sure. You know, look, Vita Vea is from Milpitas. You know, so that's at least in mm-hmm. the state of California. Like there are guys out here, but you got Utah's Utah's put has had a bunch of really good defensive linemen. Um, yeah. And obviously Mario's got some edge rushers up there. Like I yeah. don't you know, we obviously have Thibodeau who's from down here. Uh Sewell's not from here. He's a Utah kid, but he could be whatever. But, you but when SC's rolling, Utah is is there's no difference between Utah and California because SC Arizona, Nevada, Utah, all those kids were all funneling to USC when they were good. Yeah. And they probably so, will be again. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating, man. Um, what what was uh, with a bigger surprise, by the way? Is it Lincoln Riley or is it Brian Kelly? Uh, for me, it's Lincoln Riley, to be honest, because I had heard chatter for years that Brian, hey, Brian Kelly, maybe he'd be a fit at Notre Dame. You know, it's like Notre, like I've heard from Brian Kelly's side that, man, that job, it's hard to be there for too long. It wears on you, right? So now the part where, like we reported yesterday at The Athletic, we were 
pretty out in front on the LSU is really going after him. The part I could not wrap my head around was I'd heard enough on the Brian Kelly side, including from coaches who work with him, like he doesn't want to go there. It's mm-hmm. like it's almost like they're going to have to call his bluff. And then what happens? Right. Yeah. There was a lot of frustration with how things get done or don't get done at Notre Dame or how they drag their feet and everything's a battle. So from that standpoint, though, like I said, I just thought if Lincoln Riley's going anywhere, it's to the NFL. He's got a he's got a young family, two young daughters. I just didn't think he was going to want to move them to USC. Um, but look, I mean, give credit to USC. They pulled off a huge coup. I mean, I don't know if, if how you guys would do it. Like, I'm more surprised by the Lincoln move that it got done. Um, you know, and it's like. I don't know if you say, who do you think is the better hire or the, you know, who would, what would you say? Well, I think it's, I think it's TBD. I think you can make a case that they're kind of both what the doctor ordered. I think when you look at LSU, probably some more organization and discipline would, uh, would be what they were looking for. And I think with USC, they needed juice. They needed something to kind of, you know, revive the, the, the program. And I think that Lincoln Riley kind of brings that. And what do you think, Buck? Yeah, no, I, I think it's two different things. Uh, eventually, I want to get to um, Bruce because Bruce knows the inner workings of LSU, and I just want to get a feel for how Brian Kelly's personality and his structure is going to work down there based on what you know. I'll say this about the hire in Lincoln Riley. Um, I have talked to some people that have been associated with SC who grew frustrated with, hey, man, we're SC We've done things a certain way where we just overpower people with our talent. We did it back in John McKay's days. We did it with John Robinson. We did it with Pete Carroll. And the air raid thing kind of made them wince a little bit because they saw it as gimmicky and those things. How much pushback do you think Lincoln Riley would get from his offensive style and what he likes to do offensively versus what has traditionally worked at SC over time? Bucky, I think the 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 biggest part of Lincoln Riley's transition here, like he, there was I think four assistants who came with him: Dennis Simmons, who's a really good receivers coach; mm-hmm. Alex Grinch, who's done well as a Pac-12 defense coordinator at Washington State; Benny Wilder, the strength coach, and his DFO Clark Stroud. I, the biggest hire he will make, and I, he's expected to come, is Bill Biedenbow. That's the mm-hmm. run game for the offensive line coach. And look, you guys can speak to this way better than me, having you know played at a high level and scouted. But, like, their run game is nothing like any of the stuff we see yeah. from an air raid. All the GT counter stuff. Oh, yeah. The, oh, no. The different things that they throw at people. I mean, they're physical. And you can see, like, and this is, again, this is more your wheelhouse than mine. Like, Beatonbow has developed a bunch of really good offensive yeah. linemen. Like, if I'm not mistaken, Creed Humphrey's doing okay in there. Yeah, NFL. he's got a chance oh, to be yeah. a pro bowler as a rookie. Yeah. yeah. So, and there are guys there, and that's Bill Beatonbow, right? You know, like. He's he's supposed to be coming. At least I was told he's coming. Why uh, why is that not? Is he just waiting for the bowl game? Is that? I what? think he wants to. Be, from what I heard, he wants to stay as connected to his guys, his yeah. line guys, for a while. I also joked it was like, well, all these other guys at, at, who come out to USC are wearing fancy sports coats and 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 expensive shoes, and Bills neither. So maybe he just was yeah. like, yeah, I don't need to do that. I'll, I'll wait till the <laughs> till the, till the <laughs> off. But that's to me the the reason why. If I was one of these old USC guys who's like, and everything you said, Bucky, is true. Like, I've heard a yeah. lot of that, too. Hate hate what air raid mentality has done for how they practice on defense, red zone, goal, all those things. You know, what OU does scheme-wise, what Lincoln has done, what Bill does, 
that I think should alleviate some of that. Now they got to get better on defense, but what I think is relevant, my crew did USC UCLA two weeks ago. And so I was around USC. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, and you guys know this because you probably know the dearth of who is a top 150 prospect at, you know, and let's take, Drake yeah. London out of the picture. I mean, yeah. I thought he's, but he wasn't there, right? He was yeah. injured by crutches. But you looked at them and you see them walking around the facilities in sweatshirt and shorts. And I was like, man, this does, this looks the worst looking USC team I've ever seen in 20 years out here. Not even yeah. close, right? Yeah. And so, and I think what has hurt them is there's a, there's good assistant coaches there, but I feel like they were all kind of relegated to be independent contractors. Right. Because there was yeah. no real direction, not Dante Williams's fault. He was thrown in as the interim and it was a tough spot. But what it's really happened is it's been three years of lame duck head coach. So mm-hmm. it's hard to recruit. you got some guys who get their stock elevated, who probably shouldn't be five star guys for a handful mm-hmm. of reasons. They shouldn't be high four star guys, but they were for all sorts of reasons. So I think people overestimated the talent. Or, or the quote unquote talent. So I think that is those are things Lincoln has to work on. I mean, if I was answering the question I asked you guys about, like, how would I, you know, grade the hires? I mean, I think the Lincoln Riley, I don't know how you don't say it's an A-plus hire because mm-hmm. he brings the juice. He's a really good offensive mind. He brings an identity to USC. USC has an identity for a decade there, right? The yeah. what, the reason why I would say Brian Kelly, really good hire, I would say it's maybe an A-minus hire, is for, in large part, what I think Bucky is hitting at is, like, how will he relate to the players down there? Right. It's like, there are definitely, it's you're recruiting out of a different pool. You're recruiting a different personality. It's not to say there aren't kids at LSU who couldn't be at Notre Dame and vice versa, but I think that will be, that will be an adjustment. Now, Cincinnati, when he, you know, whatever it was 15 Mm -hmm. years ago, 12 years ago, there may have been similar style kids, but those weren't the high recruited kids that he was getting, that are, he's going to be competing for. So, you know, he's a really good coach. He's won everywhere he's been. He did a great job at Notre Dame. I don't doubt that he will do well. But again, what is well at USC? I mean, so what is well at LSU? Well at LSU is winning more than one national title right now. <laughs> the and the guy they fired, he ain't from Boston. Yeah. He was one of them and they fired him. So, yeah. you know, Brian Kelly's got his work cut out for him. Uh, Caleb Williams, I know it's, it's really early on in this whole process. I saw you had one tweet, the uh, the Oklahoma quarterback, but – and talking to folks kind of behind the scenes there, Bruce, is there anything on that one? Do you think, A, he would leave Oklahoma, and, and uh, is there a chance he would follow his coach? Oh, I definitely think there's a chance he would follow him. I think right now it's too early to tell what he's thinking about. He spent a bunch of time out here over the years as a younger quarterback through a lot of the quarterback you know, evaluation stuff and camps. And if he sits there and thinks Lincoln Riley has produced Heisman winners and first pick of the draft guys, and I may have, and I don't know if this is true or not, but like I have enough of those skills. Like we, he obviously flashes some big time plays, but you also saw he's really young, right? There was Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff. Dave Aranda got him a bunch of times. He, you know, it looked like Jim Knowles in Oklahoma state kind of, like there was some things where, you know, it's like he's young, right? So it's Mm -hmm. like some of the stuff that was put out there is he could be the first pick in the draft right now. Like, yeah, he's, I mean, that seems a little over ambitious, but you can see you can see stuff. But if he looks at it and goes, man, I know what Lincoln can do. I know, like, man, I would 
I would not at all be surprised if he decided I'm following Lincoln and these guys because I know what he's building. And also, I think you look at some of what's going on at Oklahoma. This doesn't mean that they can't get a really good head coach, but you're seeing guys decommit left and right. You don't know what's going to be left of the staff. It's not just Lincoln is leaving. It's the run game. You know, it's the offensive line, run game coordinator. It's the receivers coach. I mean, things are going to change dramatically there. And so – I don't know. And with the portal, you can get a lot of guys to flock. If you don't think USC is going to be going guns a blazing on portal guys, you're kidding yourself. And I don't, mm-hmm. you know, so <laughs> I would not at all be surprised if Caleb Williams, maybe the quarterback of USC next year, not Jackson Dart. Not Real quick. Happen, but maybe. Yeah. And Jackson Dart's got some ability. Real quick on the transfer portal. I don't know if. Are you familiar? Like, what what are the is there what are the limits on the number of portal guys versus kind of the recruits? Like, is that just kind of the overall twenty five number? You could divvy that up however you want. What are the rules? Yeah, I mean, there's look if if you were if you were Brian Kelly, for instance, and I know that roster at LSU, you may need to take like eight portal offensive linemen right wow. now because almost everybody who's played who they thought was a decent player up front. Those guys are all like fifth and sixth year seniors. Like there might be one guy who may stay, and they have a, like a freshman offensive lineman who they think will be a good player. But you need, you know, you need eight or ten, right? So I would expect they're going to go huge into the portal. I would expect, you know, in Oklahoma. I'm sorry, USC did a lot of did a lot in the portal last year, anyway, right? Between Keontae Ingram and Katie Nixon and and um, the tight end, the big tight end. So the big tight end, but like Taj Washington, they they had a lot of guys. Now some guys they'd missed on who were in the portal, who were big recruits, who won't do anything. Um, but I would expect that to be a big thing for them because they look they have a lot of traction with the 2023 class. I think it's probably less so with the you know though Damani Jackson, who's the super fast modern day corner, yeah. right? He committed to USC. Um, he decommitted, I don't know, maybe two weeks ago, maybe it was two days ago for all I know, like everything's blurring. (laughs) I would not be surprised if he ends up recommitting to USC. You know, it's just all of a sudden now people are giddy about USC out here. Um, so I don't want to spend too much time being West Coast biased. Let's talk about some of the other hires. What about Billy Napier going to Florida? Um, what do you think about that? Going from Louisiana to Florida, living up to the standard and expectations that Steve Spurrier established way back in the day. Yeah, I like the hire, Bucky. It kind of got lost in the shuffle of all the Lincoln mania because it happened right around the same time as that started to blow up. But look, he, you know, I know guys who either have coached there or guys who clinicked with him and gone to Lafayette, and they've been super impressed by Billy Napier. I mean, he's he did much better. Like, I thought he would be fine at Louisiana Lafayette. I didn't think he would be this guy, you know, like, and he's taken what he learned from from Nick Saban. He is a grinder. I think some people will look at it and go, you know, Florida, since Urban Meyer left, they've tried just about everything, right? You know, they tried the defensive guy who was the hot name, Will Muschamp. He wasn't really ready to be a head coach at that level. They tried Jim McElwain, former Saban guy, really successful group of five offensive guy. That worked and then it really imploded. And then obviously they went Dan Mullen and that worked a little and then that imploded. I think he's different from Billy Napier. Billy Billy Napier's different from McElwain just in that, yes, he has all the similar blueprints, offensive guys, been under Saban. He is such a grinder. I think he will recruit much better than both of those guys did. And everything I heard, he's really good about developing a culture. And I think that's that's something that's sorely lacking at UF for a while. I, I think it's a really good hire. And they were scrambling because they had to beat 
Virginia Tech to position to get him. And so credit to Scott Strickland. They pulled that off. With Matt Campbell, it looks like, you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe Notre Dame for Matt Campbell. But if if nothing happens in this cycle on the college side, with as many guys as they as they lost, and we saw that, you know, the video of him hugging his his seniors on senior day, really emotional stuff. Do you think this is the year that he entertains the NFL stuff, um, if that comes his way? It's a good thought. I mean, you know, I think he's as impressive a coach as I've been around, you know, who's under who's under 50 or whatever, yeah. let's say that. He's just like he's to me, he's very authentic. You can feel him. Those kids play their butts off for him. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think he's so good at development. Like he was probably going to be the head coach at USC. I think Lincoln Riley didn't jump on that. Right. I mean, it was seemed like it was headed in that direction, went in a different direction. I, you know, look to me, there's two big jobs out there. I think he would be a good fit at either. Oklahoma, where he is the three-time Big 12 coach of the year, and he beat Lincoln a couple times and almost beat him a third time. I think they lost by one point in in Norman. Or, you know, the Ohio guy can go to Notre Dame, where I think he fits really well in South Bend. And if Notre Dame hires him and wants to go that route, then they don't have to wait on Luke Fickle for a long time. And so I think – and you don't worry about what's happening to your roster. I think he can build. To me, and again, you know, I talked to this is from um, an NFL source I got who said he thought there could be as many as eight openings, um, head coaching openings, wow. which is a ton. I was not expecting oh. that, man. I was like, okay, I figured Jeez. it might get there. <laughs> Jeez yeah. Louise. Yeah. Nice. And My when goodness. I heard that, this was Saturday, <laughs> um, I was starting to think, and it was like, he would be as good as anybody, I think. In terms of like some of these guys who haven't, you know, Urban and some of these other guys who haven't worked out, I almost think it's because they come in thinking they know more than like the stuff that Mm -hmm. maybe makes them work great in college because they're supremely confident and think they know better Mm -hmm. than everybody else can backfire when they get to the NFL. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's Matt Campbell. I look, I don't think that's Dave Aranda either, by the way. I'm not saying he's leaving to go, but like there are certain guys who have studied the NFL and who are so ingrained into like the football piece of it Mm -hmm. that I think they can thrive where some of the other guys who are stand at the podium guys and big presence and everything. Like sometimes I feel like they can get in their own way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there's also the, you get the illusion of talent a little bit where you can begin Mm -hmm. to think, this is me and look what I've done. And it's like, no, there's no parody in college football. You've got 20 guys on your team that are better than one, any guy on the other team. Like there's, there's a disparity in talent, right? Like urban's comment about we're playing Alabama every week is exactly like, that's truth serum. Like it was like the icy ghost thing from Sam Darnold, right? It was like, (laughs) it's true because when, and look, DJ, I think you said this to me, maybe on this podcast, um about zach wilson right mm-hmm. it was like how many games has these people been in where they have less bullets in their gun than the other <laughs> guy? Yeah, i know that wasn't the quite analogy yeah. used, but like mm-hmm. there's something to that like how many times has matt campbell been in games where he doesn't have the the the, the yeah. roster i know he's mm-hmm. beaten a bunch of top 10 teams though yeah uh, how many times has has urban been in games and i'm not i don't want to disparage urban when i say this but this sounds like this is what I'm doing. Um, how many times has he been in games when he was at Ohio State where he had the lesser roster? 
Yeah. Maybe no, against maybe. Alabama. Nobody yeah. against the you Big count Ten. Count them on one hand. I can promise you that. Yeah, maybe against Clemson once. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe even not. I mean, look at the NFL talent that they had there. So, again, that doesn't mean he he's not a he's not a terrific coach. He obviously recruited those players. But I think with the NFL, it's a different animal. Bruce, are you surprised the direction that Virginia Tech may go? It's looking like they may hire the defensive coordinator from Penn State. Are you surprised by the hire at all? Uh, a little bit, but you know, they, he's done a good job at Penn state, right? I think you, you look at the players that have come from there. It's a loaded group of like, I mean, you know, I watch NFL as like Micah Parsons, man. They're the combine stars every year at the Penn state. Yeah. yeah, Micah Parsons is like, who's the comp for him now? Lawrence Taylor. I mean, (laughs) and, and, you know, guy in the Ravens, you know, OA is just Super yeah. freak is making big plays and they have guys there like they keep coming. And I think, you know, Brent Pry is a big part of that. Now, look, Brent Pry couldn't turn, you know, me or DJ into Micah Parsons. I mean, that, mm-hmm. you know, somebody else gets credit for that part of it. But I think he's really good and he has ties to the area. I think what happened with Virginia Tech is there was a bunch of guys, including Billy Napier, who I think they were looking at. I mean, at one point it was like Sonny Dykes early on in the process. And everybody kind of knew Sonny Dykes was going to stay local and go to TCU. But it's a good hire, I think. We'll see. This is one of those where it's like, I think he's done a good job. But again, you know, like there's a lot of opportunity there. They went, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, it, a lot of people think this is the second best job in the ACC, by the way, after Clemson. So there's good resources. I had wondered if they were going to go after Charles Huff, who is who's also a Penn State guy, not far removed from being a Penn State, who's done yeah. a nice job in his first year at Marshall, and he has huge Marshall. ties down there. But they went for for Brent Pry, and and um, you know I think that's a pretty good hire. I think. So I've been going through looking at the draft history here with Penn State because I was trying to make a joke about the uh, who was the white safety. I don't know why I can't Boy, find I him. Be- on. Yes, thank you. He ran yeah. like low four yeah, three, super fast. Yeah, yeah. Said, there's um Gesicki. There's just like it's a. It's these guys a all test like list. freaks. Yeah, they, I mean, like whenever I do that freaks list, I would always get a lot of skepticism about the. You no, know, always numbers are ridiculous, right? Yeah, and people are like, yeah, that's total BS. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, I'm I'm not going that way because those guys show up in Indy and they do better than that, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, it's like. Troy Apke, good, great Troy Apke, You know, like there are guys who are there. I mean, obviously Saquon was was you know a ridiculous athlete, right? And so KJ Hamler is a four two guy. KJ Hamler was a was, was ridiculous. I mean, they who's the other receiver they had there who like tested really well? He's a good NFL player. I don't know if it's Godwin, maybe, but there yeah, was somebody who there. came through there who was like mm-hmm. people don't give him his athleticism enough. Like if Will if Will Levis had stayed Alan there, Robinson, <laughs> you know Will Levis would probably be the guy who'd wow people in Indy, you know. So look, Franklin's done a a really really good job recruiting and evaluating talent there, and obviously their strength coach can't get enough credit for how good those guys come out of there. I want to hit you with this one. We'll let you run because I know you've been crazy busy. Um, we're seeing now there's a lot of buzz. Aiden Hutchinson's had a phenomenal year. Um, the kid at Alabama, I think, is the best one in the country, but he's not draft mm-hmm. eligible, so we have to wait a year on him. But with Aiden Hutchinson, and I know you've written about him uh, in on the freak stuff, Bruce, and then you look at – we've talked about up there at Oregon with Thibodeau. 
Like what, what are some of the things that as our listeners who are starting to get excited and juiced up for the draft, what are some things about those two kids in particular? And, and how would you kind of break that down with the, with the race between those two? Well, I think let's start with Aiden because he just had a, a, an amazing game last week. I think it's worked out really well. My, credit to Harbaugh for this because he gets he gets dinged for it by a lot of people. He hired Mike McDonald off his brother's staff. Nobody really knew who he was. You guys might have, but nobody else did. And he has put that put these guys in better positions to thrive. Right, David Ajabo on the other side. Yeah. I mean, he's not as big as you know, but he is super explosive too. That's a problem for for offenses. And I think like, you know, I got to tip my hat to the, to, you know, your brethren in the NFL scouting world. Cause they were the ones who were like, you really need to make some more calls about Aiden Hutchinson. Like mm-hmm. there was a lot of buzz about how hard he works and what he was developing into in Ann Arbor kind of, you know, you know, he was the number two guy on my freaks list behind Evan Neal. And I could easily have made a case for him to be the number one guy. He, he, you know, he's super explosive. He's got really good length. He is relentless, right? You want to, you know, all the cliches about motor or whatever, you say whatever you want. And this guy just makes a ton of plays and is really disruptive. The part that I I feel, and I'm not saying he should be the first pick in the draft over Thibodeau, but he has shown mm. up in big games. Yep. When Ohio State got beat by Oregon, Thibodeau wasn't able to play in that game, right? So here's what I would say. This weekend in the Pac-12 title game, Utah is going to play Oregon. Hey, Kevin Thibodeau needs to show up. Show up. Entirely disruptive. Mm-hmm. There will be plenty of stuff you guys will have on film. Like his freshman year, my crew did a, game, a Friday night game, Oregon-Cal. And I'm on the sidelines, and there was a play where it was like – I don't want to say he's Miles Garrett because Miles Garrett's you know way bigger, yeah. stronger, yeah. but has that really ridiculous. Like I got a coffee table here, and Miles Garrett could run under it probably, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, Thibodeau did that to the right tackle of Cal. I don't. I'm not saying the right tackle was a is an NFL guy, but just yeah. you know, you just watch it, and you're like, holy cow, look at that guy, you know, bend and explode. Um, but you know, and he's been disruptive. He was super disruptive against UCLA. Mm-hmm. But the other guy, I've now seen it on a big, big stage. The dominant part I, I'm very interested by is I don't know if Thibodeau is even the the biggest wow guy on the defensive side of the ball for Oregon. I think Panay mm-hmm. Sewell's brother, Noah. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the guys at Oregon real. told me he could probably play almost every position on the field. He could play quarterback, he can play running back. He could be a receiver tight end, go down. I don't, you know, it's whatever, 6'2", 260. I don't know what he'd look like as a cornerback, but he could play safety. I mean, they say he can throw the ball 65 yards or whatever. Like, he is a wow guy, but he's in a different position on the defense, right? Um, so, again, not to, I'm not knocking Kayvon. I think Kayvon is, is smart. I think he's going to be a good asset for whoever takes him in that community because I know of some of the things that are, you know, he, he cares about. It's just, man, Hutchinson shows up in a big way. Again, if if they could all come out, I don't know how you wouldn't say the guy in Will Anderson in Tuscaloosa. I mean, yeah, he's, he's a, a different level. level. He's a different level. Yeah. 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 I mean, and everybody knows he's coming. I mean, he yeah. may end up with 35 tackles for losses on a season. Who does that? Nobody at this level. Nobody. Is he gonna get who by the way? I'll let last one. I said last one already, but sorry, but last one. I'm sneaking one more in here. Yes, he's gonna get my eyes. I, I was all right. I didn't have to ask the question. 
Yeah, I don't know what he's like, the best player. Like, if that's what the Heisman the Trophy player, is, from what right? I've seen, it's yeah. not he's the best player yeah. in the country. It's not even close. Yeah, if I have a top five right now, because we don't have to have our top three in yet, you know, I'm you know, it's Will Anderson, Hutchinson, because how hard he has played. Kenneth Walker's still there for me, the running running back from yeah. Michigan State. I don't know what to do with Georgia, right? And this is this is a good thing for them, but it's like they're Jordan so Davis good as a team. Disruptive. Yeah. yeah, like you know, you got these guys. Like I love, you know, part of it is like Nicobe Dean is super dynamic. Nicobe Dean reminds also, me of Vilma. Yeah, that's a good one. You know, like it, and the other thing that he has, Vilma is also like super smart in the classroom. This guy's like a mechanical engineering major. You know, like the other the other guys they have are bigger, right? Like Quay Walker's bigger and. I'm forgetting this, the other linebacker I'm thinking about. Like those guys are more rocked up, you know, mm. six two, two forty guys are bigger, and he's not that. But pick your guy for Georgia, but I think they dilute it. Um, so then we get back to look, if Bryce Young though leads them to a win over Georgia, Bryce Young's winning the Heisman. His numbers yeah. are really good. Mm-hmm. And you know, but if they don't win, I don't know what's gonna happen in the Heisman. I think it's gonna be you're gonna have so many defensive guys get some votes. But is that going to be enough? Yeah, fascinating, man. Bruce, who would you guys vote for? for? I would vote for Will Anderson. He's the best player to the point where, like, one of the first games I popped on, you know, a few months ago, starting to draft stuff, and I was looking at the Alabama guys. And I I immediately, and Bucky's done this a million times too, you immediately get on the internet and go, holy, is this guy draft eligible? Who's this guy? (laughs) I'm like, nope, he's not. Yeah, Yeah, but he looks different. He looks different than everybody else out there. Bucky? I think, I think, I think Bryce Young, the moment, that everyone had a chance to see at the end of the Iron Bowl. I think that's the deal. If they cap it off and he somehow finds a way to win the game against Georgia, I think it's a done deal. I think he ends up winning. It's if he doesn't. So, by the way, just while I got you guys on, so you just mentioned about Will Anderson. My my guy in that category is is Icky from NC State. Like he wasn't in the draft last year, but everybody I talked to who's a O line coach in the ACC, you got the NC State guy. Is Icky a top fifteen pick? Oh, the, uh, the I saw him. Yeah, ahead, I saw. I mean, he was okay. He was okay the other night, like against Carolina. He gave up. He gave up some. He gave us some pressures that you normally wouldn't think a top dude would do. I mean, he's talented. I don't know. He's talented. Can I ask? I don't know. Can I ask a question? Do yeah. you? Uh, were you down on NC State guys always, or is that? I know where you went to school. No, no, so. no, 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 no. Okay. I wasn't. I wasn't always down. I'm not always down. He and made I, an look, exception for Mario Williams. That was it, Bruce. No, like I, I have look my like my best friend from high school played played there. I can I can cast aside the Tar Heel Blue Vision and give NC State their props when when necessary. It's just hard for me to give them their props all the time. <laughs> I did that lineman early. I haven't watched that game yet uh, against it's uh, Bucky's Evan guys. Neal's not ha- Evan Neal, I love him, but he's had some some. Not he's, some not, he's not. He's not. He's not kind of what his reputation is. Um, I, I've done him. I did him earlier this year, but I, he's a really, he's a good player. But like some of the, I don't know that. And you posted all the numbers. Obviously, I think he was the number one guy in your freaks list. Yeah, I don't know that all of that translates um, from from what I've seen. But the, no, yeah. that the how do you pronounce his name? Iquanu is that Iquanu, how you pronounce? Yeah, Icky. Yeah, no, I I gave him a really strong grade. I, I just watched two games earlier this year: Clemson and Mississippi State. And that dude, I mean, when you write the word nasty down and you star it about eight times um, in those two <laughs> games, like he's he is a gnarly finisher. Um, I thought he could recover. I thought he can bend. Um, he's aware. No, I liked him. I mean, I gave him a big grade. I, I've only done two games, so I'll get more on him. But I thought he was pretty darn good. I'm going to send you some video. We could not run it with our story on him this spring of. 
his coach sent me something where Icky ended up in a the anchor leg of a four by 100 at like yeah. whatever it was 280 wow. or 300 at the time and Icky runs down some guy who's probably like my size and this guy didn't look like he was particularly fast for being in that leg either I forgot what you know but you hear this coach just losing his stuff screaming because Icky's running this guy down at 300 pounds the quality of the video <laughs> was bad but the emotion of the coach seeing his guy run down somebody half his size was just like you almost get goosebumps from it Oh, that's phenomenal. Um, all right, Bruce, you're the best, man. We've kept you long. We appreciate your time. Um, I'll get back to it because I'm sure there's probably some other blue blood program getting ready to lose a head coach. You never yeah, know. Yeah, it feels like it. Uh, all right. Know. Hopefully I'll see you guys out at the Mountain West title game this weekend. Woo-hoo! Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's Carson. All right. Hey, go go App State, baby. <laughs> Napier's not focused. Come see Camp Thomas. I know. He can rush a little bit. Um, Look, look, Napier's not focused. He's in, he's in Gainesville. His head's all over the place. We're going to go get our 11th win, win another you Sunbelt sure, championship. You just make sure you kick in the donor chips so you don't lose your head coach. Oh, no. Sean's not going. Come on. Sean's an app guy. We're good. Okay. You say so. Thanks, Bruce. Okay. See you guys. <laughs> Hey Buck, I mean he's Bruce is the best. Um, he's he's come on with us dozens of times, but uh, I don't know that I've ever been more excited to have him on than today with uh, with all this news we've had. No, great insight. He obviously um, understands everything that's going on in the college game, the behind the scenes stuff. Um, I think even he was shocked at the amount of turnover and stuff that we've seen take place in college football, particularly with the top programs, and. I just wonder how this is going to continue to impact the game at um, at all levels, not only in terms of like hey, who wins and loses, but um, we have seen the transfer portal become a thing that pops like popcorn with guys jumping around and hopping places. How much more do we see that occur in terms of like these big time players leaving, going to other programs, uh, programs kind of pilfering smaller programs to get experienced players to go play and jumpstart it. I mean, we've already seen it um, happen successfully with what Michigan State was able to do under Mel Tucker and, and the way he utilized the transfer portal, like some other programs have to jumpstart um, a situation. But now, man, the gloves are off, all hands <laughs> on deck. I mean, it is it is going to be absolutely crazy trying to keep up with the moves that are going to take place now that we've seen so, so much movement amongst the coaching ranks. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you used to be in a situation where you're at one of these jobs in Notre Dame or in Oklahoma, and you're a fan, and you're winning, and you're playing good football. You don't go to bed worried about your coach leaving unless maybe the NFL came calling. That's about it. But um, these guys leaving for other college jobs, I think that was the big shocker in this whole thing. But it's it, – it's, I know it's one thing. It's, it's tough on the student-athletes, but I'm telling you, this is such a different environment now with the transfer portal compared to what it used to be. There's freedom now for these guys that didn't exist previously when we were coming through college. No, nah, this freedom, but I think it's another reminder, man, it's big business. And we saw the number yep. escalate and we knew this. And I won't say that some of these moves are a direct uh, reaction to Mel Tucker getting the $95 million deal, but the dominoes started falling a couple of weeks ago when that came out, you saw James Franklin get a deal. You've seen other a handful of other coaches get big deals, David Aranda. And man, when the money got up to that certain point, it makes you rethink some of the choices that you may make when it comes to where you coach at. And so for Brian Kelly, for Lincoln Riley, for those guys, great opportunities, great situations. But man, I'm sure the cash had a factor. It didn't hurt. Factor. Yeah, it certainly it didn't, didn't hurt. hurt. I mean, yeah. So it's one of those things that we have to get comfortable with. Like that's the big business of it. The interesting thing, though, now we're seeing these lengthy deals, DJ. Yeah. Eight, 
to 10-year deals. Man, I hope it doesn't go south. With, with big money, it kind of pins the college program into, all right, we made this choice. We got to ride this out for a long time mm-hmm. if it doesn't go right. That is that is a different that's a different hustle. Yeah, the other thing though, I think people look at it and say, "Wow, they left because the money, you know, which um, obviously factors into it." But I think what you're saying too is when when they've invested that much in you, you know, they can say, "Oh, they're going to ex- expectations." That, yeah, but you're going to get a little time now. And the other thing is oh, when you yeah. go to them and say, "Hey, we need X, Y, and Z to compete." You're pot committed now. You're already paying the head coach that much. Then you might as well just scratch a couple other million dollar checks to be able to do what you need to do facility wise or what have you to compete on a recruiting front. Man, it ain't. It's not even facilities, DJ. Imagine what you're gonna have to pay the coordinators and the things in your staff oh, yeah. because word word is already leaked out about Brian Kelly has contacted Marcus Freeman after the AD talked about anyone who's the interim won't necessarily yeah, get a I, chance. Yeah, which by to the, the way, I don't know if I would have made that comment. I mean, what what are we doing? Like, yeah. that really makes what, me as so, so, coach. So hold I'm, up, now you could go if you're if you're Freeman, you go okay. I take over as the interim head coach. You get a couple losses by you know Alabama or whoever else, and you're in the playoff. And he goes and wins the national championship at Notre Dame, and you're gonna be like, well, you're not eligible for it. You're just the interim coach. Really? That's what you're gonna do? Why, yeah, why just, say something you don't need to say? It, it was unnecessary, and so they've been contacted. But imagine the money because they said that he's already put out there that he would make him the highest paid defensive coordinator. What is that like? In, three in the million? Landscape. Yeah. So so now, DJ, like it all the costs escalate. Coordinators, yep. position coaches, and as that goes up, everyone around them, they go up. So uh for coaches around the around the country, uh, like it's, it's gonna be great because they have more money for everybody. But man, it just changes. It just changes Crazy, everything. Dude. It's it's it, so crazy. absolutely crazy all right let's let's uh bring in another guest here um who is uh well equipped to talk on this we have our good buddy jim Nagy, who is the uh what is he the senior director of the reese's senior bowl oh, he's got a fancy title he runs the senior bowl is uh is what he does yeah. and he is a good friend longtime friend um so we're going to run a little bit of our conversation we had with him uh, about what's taking place with all this coaching stuff and then stay tuned for thursday we'll run the second half of that conversation uh, which is going to be Senior Bowl centric and talking about that game and and all that they have set up there. Again, Executive Director of the Reese's Senior Bowl. That's a fancy title there, Jim. Um, all right, we're going to get to our conversation with Jim Nagy right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. T-I-K-A.com. Jim, appreciate you taking the time for us again today, man. Uh, I, I want to get your thoughts on this craziness that we've seen in, in this college football cycle. Have you? Can you remember anything in all the time you've been around doing this, scouting and been around college football? Anything like this ever? No, I can't. Uh, you know, and this is kind of a busy time right now for us here at the Senior Bowl, just talking to college coaches. And, uh, you know, I put a tweet out last week that I thought we we're – coming up on 72 hours of craziness and uh it, it definitely came to fruition and not uh again some of it was unexpected some of the moves i didn't see coming uh, i knew there was going to be a lot but yeah this is uh what a crazy couple of few days yeah crazy jim so let's think about it this way let's imagine you being a part of a staff as maybe the team builder like the gm that all these colleges have how much pressure is now on that role now that we're seeing the money escalate and the expectations also escalate because, you know, the more that the compensation, the greater the expectations in today's game. Well, well, first and foremost, I mean, it is three former scouts. We got to love money being pumped in. Right? Like at some point, this has to trickle down to scouts, right? Uh, so we're still waiting, buddy. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Uh, no, Bucky, that's that's a, that's a good question. Yeah. I mean, with, with the more money, the expectations. And I think this whole college landscape is, is changed, as we know. I mean, with it, really the portal. Um, if you just bring it back to another something that happened in the cycle a couple weeks ago with Mel Tucker getting getting his bump, which was awesome to see. Mm-hmm. I've known Mel a long time. I know you guys have known Mel, too. Um, I know him going back to his days as a DB coach at Ohio State. So it's great to see Mel get that. Um, 
but he did it through the portal. I think that puts a lot of more emphasis on portal scouting. And the great thing is coming out of some of these conversations I've had at the college level is they realize that. I think what Mel did in Ace Lansing, I think a lot of other coaches have taken notice to that situation and some others. Um, so it's going to be a spot for, you know, NFL guys um, that, that can land back and, you know, that, that maybe – it's going to happen. We're going to we're going to get to Black Monday here in the NFL pretty soon and things are going to happen and GM changes. Um, that's really a, a cool new opportunity for schools to, you know, bring in some former NFL guys. But, yeah, I think with with the added money is the pressure to win. And I think you can do a quick fix through the portal um, before you can get into full recruiting. And you look at some of these situations, new coaches coming in, they're trying to kind of, you know, jump on board with the new schools recruits um, and whether they land them or not it's kind of nice having that backup in the portal. I think you bring up a great point. First of all, it is, it is a, a new opportunity because you now have to have a, you know, a college scouting department as well as a recruiting department. A There's two different yeah. jobs, just like in the NFL with pro and college. Now you've got that situation uh, for all these major programs. Uh, I, I'm curious, Jim, what do you think about the fact of, you know, I think of the baseball, um, you know, kind of the way they do business where you get a chance to, to draft a high school kid or draft a college kid. You almost need, your kind of developmental coaches and maybe that's like your assistant line coach. Maybe it's some of these, you know, other kind of pseudo analyst positions or however much they let those guys coach, but I'm going to take a 260 pound offensive lineman and I'm going to put him in the oven. I'm going to let our developmental guys mm -hmm. work with him for three years and then he can help us, but I'm going to go out to the portal and I'm going to go get the 305 pound, you know, junior kid that can come in and help me right, right away. So he's going to go in the microwave. So it's almost like you got two different styles of development here for your, for your group. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think that's a good thing for the, for the power five programs. If, if you just look at this year's senior bowl roster on the offensive line, it's going to look crazy to some people. We're going to have, yeah. you know, North Dakota and Fordham and Northern Iowa and, you know, a lot of group of fives, Tulsa, Memphis, um, central Michigan's going to have, we have two from central Michigan. So um, it looks different from the outside looking in, but those schools have really, they've gotten the 250 pound high school tight yeah. end. They put, you know, good years in developing, getting them bigger and stronger. And then you're dealing with a, a higher baseline athlete, you know, four or five years later. So, um, yeah, I think power fives can do that. Now, that's a great formula. I think it's, you know, I think in the power five schools, you look at the, the major the major programs, they've always wanted the ready made six, six, 320 pound kid out of high school just to yeah. plug him and play him. Yeah. But you're not you're you're maybe not getting the athlete that you're going to, you know, really win with. I think we're seeing that. I think you're seeing better offensive line play at some of these mid-majors. Look at Louisiana. Bring it back to Billy Napier and what he's done with, like, the Robert Hunts and the Kevin Dotsons. And uh, we got a guy, this guy, uh, Max Mitchell, this year in this year's game. I mean, that's that's a good offensive line pipeline right now to the National Football League out of a group of five school. And I do think we'll see more of that. You know, Jim, it's funny because we've kind of moved into this conversation talking about the development of players. I kind of want to run something by you because you talked about the changing dynamics of the personnel department. Uh, what about the changing nature of strength and conditioning programs? Not necessarily just a guy that lifts weights and does the running, but how about some of these skill specific developmental coaches that you integrate into the strength and conditioning department because you can't have so many coaches on the field, but there's nothing that says in the off season, that your strength and conditioning staff can't work on those guys when it comes to developing their skills. Yeah, ab absolutely, Bucky. Um, I think we've seen, you guys have seen it in the NFL the last few years. You've seen more on-field concepts being taken from the college level and lifted. 
I think we're seeing a little bit of trickle down from the NFL to college when it comes to the sports science part of it. Uh, you know, and I was just getting a taste of that my last couple of years in Seattle before I took this job where we we're starting to dive heavy into the sports science and the more pos position specific modes of training. Um, and I think you're going to continue to see it. I think it's great. And, and, you know, just you think about it this way, too, with with the NFL guys, I think everything's being specialized. I mean, I think the quarterback position we've seen over the years with all the guys that work at that position. But you look across across the board now, there's offensive line guys, there's, there's DB guys, there's wideout guys. Um, and again, I know the NFL is mindful of that. Just talking to general managers, they know that those guys, those individual coaches that these guys are going to have from high school through college, they're going to be a big part of what's happening once they get to the NFL. Those guys actually, if you look at the, the NFL calendar, they're going to spend more time with their individual coaches than they are the team coaches that they have. Um, so I think everything's being more individualized right now from the training to the coaching um, I think, and it's great for the players. There's, there's less, I think they're, I think the, the end being, um, everyone's being more mindful of these players' bodies and their long-term health and their long-term durability, which is, uh, again, that's, that's, that's great for the player. Yeah. I think that's the futures here. Um, the other day, Jim, when, uh, on Monday's show, we were talking about, uh, SC and the news with Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma and going to USC. And I know that you'll remember this because I remember being on school calls with you there as Bucky was as well. We were trying to let everybody know the difference between a one day visit and a two day visit school um, and how it seems like a million years ago, probably aging all three of us here. But we're all <laughs> old enough to remember you just mentioned Pete and your time together up in Seattle before there. He was at SC and they had that run that SC was a two day visit and they had been able to kind of consolidate all the talent on the West Coast in that one school. And I, I I guess I'm getting to here is I know a lot of the narrative is why would Lincoln Riley leave Oklahoma to go to USC when Oklahoma's had all this success? And I still think as great as Oklahoma is at USC when they have the right guy there and they can consolidate the whole West Coast, people forget what those USC years were like when Pete was there. Yeah. Yeah. No. And again, it was a, it was a true it was a true two-day visit, right? It wasn't that one. Not just a weather, not a weather, not a weather two-day visit either. I just want to hang out in LA for a couple of days. It wasn't, it wasn't that. that second day where you're getting out of there at lunch. I mean, it was <laughs> it was to four o'clock or five o'clock. It was a full two days. But um, no, I mean, Lincoln did great things in Oklahoma, and that's a that's an incredible program. I think they'll still continue to be great, um, even with the Lincoln gone. I mean, that's the infrastructure they have. Uh, but he made it to the college football playoff, but he never kind of got over that hump. I think you're right. If they, they the key is keeping the quarterbacks. You look at around college football with C.J. Stroud and Matt Corral and and Bryce Young. I mean, these guys they they got to keep the cues home. If they keep the quarterbacks home, they'll keep the receivers home. Um, there's so much talent there. I mean, what what Pete did there, he proved you can win it all and you can be a absolute power. Um, so I I don't fault I don't fault Lincoln for making that jump because it, it is that that school is built to win. And back like you know bringing it back to when we were going there and as scouts. The facilities there have been a hugely upgraded from the time mm -hmm. Pete was there. What what Pete I miss the I miss the old stuff though, Jim. I'll be honest with you because USC and Miami during that period of time were the two most dominant programs in in college football and the two dumpiest facilities. Two of the worst facilities. <laughs> <laughs> no, if, if people understood like what they were dealing with from facilities at both uh, Miami and USC through those uh, years, it was unbelievable. <laughs> you were in a dungeon in a basement. I mean, you you get to USC, you wouldn't see the sun until you went out. No, I mean, there's not a window in the building uh, where they were at. So no, that's uh, that's good stuff. 
You know, Jim, it's funny because you're sitting down there in in the deep south, and there's a lot of conversation. Um, obviously, DJ and I had Coach Kelly on a few weeks ago, and we were talking about building a team and those things. And I feel like still on the outside, there's some people that can't understand why you potentially make a move from Notre Dame to LSU. Uh, when you sit there, obviously, we know the uh, the hotbed that comes from the recruiting and the talent and those things and the restrictions. Because you're in the South, can you give people a little idea the flavor of football in the South and how important it is not only to kids, but to coaches and everyone around football from the time they're in Pee Wee all the way up to college? Yeah, and again, football is great across the country, and there's there's pockets of, of real passion throughout the country. I do think the, I think the SEC has nailed their motto that it just means a little more. And that was, I won't name any names, but just being, being at a camp this summer uh, with, with some players from around the country that did actually went, went from other parts of the country to the SEC. I asked them that, like, what made you leave here and go to, you know, go to Alabama or go to Georgia? And they're like the recruiting visit, you know, like mm-hmm. we went, we went on the visit and it was just different down there. Um, and it, it, it's very passionate. Um, what, what Brian Kelly's getting, to, you know, getting us getting into it at Baton Rouge. Um, I mean, that's a great situation. You got the whole state locked down. I feel like you can recruit every position on your team in the state of Louisiana. You, you really don't have to go outside the state, maybe for a couple offensive linemen, maybe for a quarterback here and there. Um, but everything else you got right in your backyard. So, and he's, I mean, Notre Dame is very passionate too. So he's going from one situation to another, um, you know, more of a national passionate fan base to a regional national fan base. Um, but it's going to be a, it's going to be a different feel for him. But I, I know Brian's ready for that. I think it's funny, though. I just feel like everybody has such a short term memory that, that uh, look, it's a rabid fan base with college football. and People lose their minds. But I feel like their memories, they, they, they can't go back because I've seen some of the things. Well, the kids that you get at Notre Dame versus the kids that you're going to get at LSU, it's a different kid. Mm-hmm. And how's Brian Kelly mm-hmm. going to relate? And I'm like. He was at Grand Valley. He was at Cincinnati. Like, those are not Notre Dame-type kids at those places. Like, just stop. <laughs> like, it's like people can't look back through somebody's resume and see that they didn't just – he didn't just come out of the womb as the Notre Dame head coach. Like, he's got other life experiences here. No, it, yeah, and add Central Michigan onto that. So, I mean, that's yeah, – exactly. I go back with Brian Kelly to Grand Valley. Um, yeah, so I remember going in there as well. They had a, they had Keonta Dawson. Do you remember him? A little – Five foot ten wow. defensive tackle. <laughs> I, think, I think I wrote him up as a fullback. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, no, that's a, that's a good point. And again, we see what these Notre Dame players are when they leave the program. And again, we've had a, we've had a number of Notre Dame guys in the Senior Bowl over, over the last three years, and they are, um, you know, to a player, some of the most impressive guys we've had in the game. I mean, you're getting guys that are pros. They're ready-made pros. They're what the league's looking for in terms of having their stuff together, right? Like they, they're not going to need their handheld. Um, but we don't know what they're like coming into Notre Dame. Like, yeah. yeah, they might have a little bit of, you know, a higher academic standard for those guys, but we don't know what, we know what they look like yeah. coming out, right? So I, I think the the structure that Brian's going to provide, and this is no knock on, on what LSU has been, but I do think there will be a little bit different structure that Brian brings and a, a little more discipline, Um and again, we've had LSU guys, and they've been great too. Um, but again, let's not get focused on a particular. I mean, players are players, kids are kids. I mean, yeah. the, three, the three of us have kids, right? Yeah. That are at that that yeah. age. I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter where you come from, or I mean, kids are kids, and and I think you get them as an eighteen year old, and you you put them in the right environment. By the time they're twenty two years old, 
they are going to see some change. I think Brian will do a great job of that. Nag's the best. I mean, I don't know if you can have a better uh, podcast, a little daily double there, than have Bruce Feldman and Jim Nagy to talk on all the craziness that is uh, college football right now. No, I don't think – I mean, you talk about two guys who are well-connected, two guys who really understand it. Jim Nagy in particular, man, I think it's great. His perspective, not only in his current role as a senior director extraordinaire of the Senior Bowl, but being a former scout who has kind of done this thing, done the dirty work, had to do school calls and visits, just knowing what it looks like, the inner workings, I think his perspective is outstanding. Take you down memory lane, by the way, going back to those two-day visit discussions. Yeah, man, those are long days, man. I just remember sitting in there. Uh, I just remember going to SE in particular, just sitting down in the bowels of uh, Heritage Hall yeah. and just trying to just run through the tape and getting all the numbers right and trying to figure out who's who and what's what. Oh, they got 11 guys on defense to watch. Yeah. Okay, how can I organize my paper to make sure I have notes on yep. everybody? And it takes me all the way back to – you remember when Matt Castle came out? And yeah. Matt Castle hadn't played Didn't play snaps. there. And I remember, yeah. I remember the pro day when Matt Russell goes and they, they're working. I'm like, man, what am I On the doing? side field. Took him over to the other field. What are you doing? Like, do I need to walk over there? The guy hasn't – he doesn't have any snaps. Yeah. And then he goes and plays and plays at a high level. Yeah, but that's how talented um, SE was. Did I ever tell you about Lindell White hiding from me? No. What's that story? Okay, so DJ, we're at the Panthers, and this is a year, right? We're gonna take a running back, mm-hmm. right? We need we need to take a running back. Like we want a big back. We need we need a guy, and we don't have a forty time on him. Yeah, no, so, yeah, I remember that. So we've gone, we've had dinner with him, and all that. He has a hamstring issue, real or not, and I and I'm I'm calling like Lindell, like dude, I I gotta get a forty time. I got to get a 40 on you. Like, just come out. We just, hey, we're, we're fighting. Come out. Just no dice. I can't get a return. I'm like the jilted boyfriend who can't just get, can't get a phone call or anything. Like, and he never ran for it. So, DJ, when it came time to talk about him, we couldn't draft. We couldn't draft. We couldn't draft because we didn't have anything. We couldn't keep him on the board because we didn't have a 40 time on him. My advice, my advice to, uh, you know, if I was ever an agent, my advice would be, if if you know you're slow, right? You know, no matter how much training, and you've been you've been getting times in your training, and you know you're slow. Don't run. Here's the thing: I'd rather have them think you're slow than have them know you're. They slow. know they have it confirmed. The difference. There's a difference there it because I can talk myself into my grade and be like, mm, I don't. know, He maybe not. He's maybe four five eight. You know, four six. See, two, but here's the but but here, know, here's the then, other thing though, DJ. Here's the other thing though, as a scout. You have fallen in love with a prospect. Yep. And you are controlling the clock. You have the pencil and the pad. Yeah. And you're at the pro day workout and you know, hey man, this dude cannot come in yeah. at four, six or higher. Yeah, but APT ah, screws you. you. APT screws you because they get the APT numbers from the APT scout that's there and like, hey, Buck, I, I know you got a good grade on Linda White, but you got four, five, one. APT's got him at four, seven, eight. Like, come on. Four five nine, four five. Nine. I got him at four five nine. Like I, I don't know, like that guy four, right five, at the border. Nine. Yeah, yeah, right at right at the line. It uh, four six one four five nine is a huge difference when you're sitting in the room yeah. and the coach and, looks and, at and the. By the way, remember they're running on rubber. They're running on the track at SC. He didn't want to run. Come on, man! Like, come uh, on. like it's a minor, it's a minor detail. Like, uh, yeah, we can add 0.08 to the time and 
all yeah. of that other stuff. But fast is fast. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, all right, this this has been a this has been a long one. It's been a fun one. Uh, I appreciate you guys hanging with us today. Uh, we'll catch you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash slash iHeart.